Welcome to another episode of Double Thought Dimension. I'm your host, Derek. Uh, today, um, doing another Duke City Saturdays. Um, I have another longtime friend, uh, Victor, from Albuquerque. We're going to be jumping right into the craziness of growing up in Albuquerque and uh, the unique stories um, that comes along with it. Because as I've noticed uh, throughout my life, everywhere I go, people... I have a hard time relating to me and I have a hard time relating to them because um, I tell them a story and they're freaked out and they don't know if I'm joking or they think I'm lying or they can't believe that uh, I grew up in that type of situation being that I'm so uh, normal or whatever. So, uh, yeah. So let's just start um, from the beginning, I guess. Uh why don't you introduce yourself and um, start off with maybe just a very general uh, description of your, um, like, where you're from and uh, maybe your culture, background, shit like that. So, my name is Victor. Uh, I was born in Juarez, Mexico, uh, but I was raised in Albuquerque. Um I think I was like three or four years old when I got smuggled over by my aunt uh, as a baby wrapped up in a blanket like a burrito. <laughs> baby, baby burrito. Um, yeah, baby burrito. Um, yeah, so from Mexico, grew up in Albuquerque, but, um, you know, I grew up in a very Mexican household when I was a little kid, you know, uh, until, you know, we got older, we started living the American life and uh, American culture, watching TV and cartoons and whatnot. So um, both of the cultures, you know, melted together. I don't know that. <laughs> um, would you say, you know, because I didn't meet you until uh, I think I was in, I, I really don't recall exactly. I, I remember seeing you um, skateboarding at, um, uh, at Lava Land, at Lava Land. Uh, but I don't I remember. Wanna, I want to say you. you were you're either nine years old or twelve years old. How was it? How, how old are you now? I'm thirty three. Fuck. <laughs> uh, I was about fourteen, maybe. 14, I'm thirty six now. 11. So I was eleven then. Oh yeah, well, okay. Yeah. Well, then I was in sixth grade, so I first met you yeah, officially. That makes, that makes sense. I first met you officially then when I must have been when I first came over when I met David at school at John Adams. But I remember seeing Something you at Lava Land. Either, yeah, it, might, it was before that. So I don't know. Either way, it was a long fucking time ago. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, what was the question again? <laughs> uh, I was just kind of wondering, uh, you know, like because uh, you grew up in. Um, we lived in a similar neighborhood on the west side, but I lived uh, on the other side of Central, oh, yeah. and you lived on the yeah, you, the other side of Central. So it was kind of like two different you, worlds, almost. Two different west sides. Yeah, <laughs> you lived on the east side, and I lived on the west side of the west side. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and both both were different 
Uh, they're both very ghetto, but both very different ghetto. Different gangs on each side. Um, also. Which is fucking bizarre. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was, like, on the border of the Barelas uh, neighborhood, which was worse where, than where I grew up. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's so crazy to think about those times, you know? Uh, um, I, did, you know, I have go ahead. <laughs> did you, did you go to, uh, uh, La Luz? Is that what your elementary school? No, it was Alamosa. Alamosa. Where's La Luz? Maybe I'm, I'm confused. I guess I, oh, I don't think I know that one. Huh. I don't know why I have Alamosa and La Luz mixed up, but uh, <laughs> I never knew any. Yeah, I, I never knew anyone that went to Alamosa except for um, Sergio was the only one. But he ended up going to Lava Land, yeah. so that's the only reason I knew about Alamosa. Because, yeah, he he went to Alamosa because I he wasn't allowed to go there, but he used my parents' address for some reason. Um. I went to Lava Land for like half a year in like second grade or some shit. And I used my aunt's address to go there because I wanted to switch schools or something. I don't know why. But speaking of Alamosa, like this was one of the crazy, when I was listening to your other uh, podcast mm -hmm. uh, with your friend Oscar, it like brought back all these crazy memories about growing up and going to Alamosa. And I was just thinking about all the crazy shit I saw in elementary school. <laughs> Um, you know, in, in third grade, watching fucking dudes get jumped <laughs> and like just listening to the guy scream, how his eyes gonna fucking fall out of his head or some <laughs> shit, you know, like fucking like the bloody scream sounded like he was getting stabbed or just watching like kids get, even girls getting jumped in the bathrooms and it's all that violence, you know? <laughs> Yeah, uh, the, and that, this is in um, elementary school. Um, yeah, you know, which uh, it, it's really it's, weird for me now because my um, daughter is eight and uh, my stepson is twelve now. And by the mm -hmm. time I was twelve, I mean I was fully, I mean at least mentally and like street smart wise, I was like good to go. Yeah. I mean I would drive yeah. my mom's <laughs> car to Allsup's and get food. Um, I would go all around town, everywhere, um, take the bus, skate, skateboard all over town, uh, you yeah. know, and I can't picture my son doing that at his age now. Like, he has no yeah. street smarts whatsoever. I mean, someone could easily kidnap him or uh, coerce him into the car. I mean, I don't know what would happen, you know? Yeah, it's crazy to think about. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy just talking about this brings back so many so many crazy memories that I didn't even think I would remember they've been suppressed I guess <laughs> uh, it's crazy like I, I tell my wife sometimes some stories and she's just like nah that's that's crazy <laughs> that, that would never happen um, but so I didn't go back so I left Albuquerque when I was 20 years old um yeah, I was about 20 years old. I, I left to go to the D.C. area. Um, and before I left, at, at that point, I was like, I mean, you know how it is there. It's it's fucking insane. I, I didn't care if, like, it was, I was going to go to jail <laughs> or get killed. 
Like if I, I believe that if I stayed in Albuquerque, I'd be dead or in jail. Uh, or fucked up and, or fucked up in, in some or, other way or some yeah exactly I mean I have a lot of family still there like you know you've met some of my cousins Sergio for one I love that guy he's a fucking psycho <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's got a kid now though um, but yeah just um, but I know this is about ghettos but like leaving leaving Albuquerque I, I moved to Germantown. Uh, you've been there. We visited there a couple times. Yep. Um, that's a whole other world. You can leave your house unlocked and hang out, walk, take a walk at 7 o'clock at night and then like have nobody mess with you. <laughs> um, but throughout that time, I ended up living in the ghettos of D.C., <laughs> which at this point now, that, that ghetto I used to live in uh, has been very gentrified. Um I have mixed feelings about gentrification, um, but get but li- growing up in New Mexico and Albuquerque like prepared me for the ghetto of DC. <laughs> so like, I I got like someone tried to mug me in DC like in the middle of the night. Um, someone set a, a whole suburban on fire, like a whole car on fire one night. I got home from work and I saw this these dudes chasing another dude. I'm like. Been there, done that. <laughs> Try to get the fuck in the house and uh, look the other way and hope they don't start shooting. Yeah, exactly. You know, I've had people try to sell me fucking bootleg liquor. and <laughs> um, So leaving leaving the ghetto of Albuquerque, uh, you know, I, I moved around a lot. I lived in Florida. I lived in Maryland and D.C. I live in Chicago now in another ghetto. Uh, it's not the worst ghetto I've ever been in, but it's. <laughs> I, I showed you the pic. I showed you the picture the other day, uh, a couple of days ago. I walked outside to walk my dog, and there was a bullet shell right outside my window, right outside my my house. Um, yeah, that's not a good sign. So, yeah. So, I mean, in, right now the winters, everyone's probably like hiding out. So, uh, there hasn't been a lot of shootings, but uh, you hear them in the summertime. Um, pretty close and um what would you what would you say uh you know because you went to alamosa then you went to john adams then you went to west mesa when you were going to alamosa how did you get to school um i would sometimes my parents would drop me off or sometimes i'd catch a ride (laughs) um in the back of a pickup truck <laughs> uh, from one of the neighbors. Uh, we'd have, and it was illegal at that time, so we'd have to like lay down. And in the winter, it sucked. But uh, either my parents would take us or we'd hitch a ride with the neighbor. Uh, but usually, after hours, like we'd, we'd probably walk home. Uh, it's it's quite, quite a walk now that I think about it. It's probably like a two mile walk <laughs> for like a third, fourth grader to walk home. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And the, and the, fir- and the closer you get to Alamosa, especially the that park, uh, the closer you get to the real dangerous part of that yeah. neighborhood. <laughs> that's the, that's, that's on the border of, uh, Barelas. Yeah. Cause that's the, where they built that skate park. Right. And that, that's where oh, that, that's where that one park I is. I have a story about that skate park. Um, so I left Albuquerque in 2004 and I didn't go back. I hadn't even visited once until 2016. 
Shit. Uh, I, I went back for probably like four days for my dad's birthday. And so that same day I went and, uh, said, what's up to everybody. Surprised my parents or whatever. I picked Sergio up and he's like, let's go to the skate park. They built one over by Alamosa. I was like, all right, let's go. Cause I had my skateboard with me and we go, we parked the car behind this. We parked my truck behind this car. As soon as I park, like four Cholo dudes get out of the car. Oh shit. <laughs> and they start, they start throwing gang signs at us and shit. <laughs> and like, I was like, yeah, I don't really need a skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> we just fucking left. Because I already knew. I already knew. Uh, you just know. Yeah, it was going to end in uh, violence or just a bunch yeah, of bullshit. I mean, a bunch of bullshit. Like, physically, I could have I probably fucked them up. Uh, but they probably had guns. More Like, 99% sure they had guns. <laughs> right. And it's just another thing you have to weigh in your mind, like... Is it even yeah. worth dealing with right now? Or is it better to yeah, just I get just, in my car and get the fuck I out of here? Yeah, I literally, literally got into town driving three days straight from Florida <laughs> to Albuquerque. <laughs> so I was like, nah, I'm just going to leave. <laughs> oh, man, that, but, that reminds me of a story, actually, that um, uh, in 2017, uh, I decided to move back to Albuquerque. And uh, give it a shot. We were going to try to buy a house there. Um, yeah. So I moved down and I, I ended up staying with my dad. Um, and he lives uh, on Rio Grande. And, uh, or he used to live like kind of by Old Town. But more okay. more by that one Blake's in um, off of Rio Grande and Lomas. Uh, it's right. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's kind of by the Indian uh, Cultural Center. Yeah. Well, he, he lived uh, there, so I was staying with him there, and it's right actually, ne- it's right directly next to um, the career, uh, the fucking job corps, the the high school for fuck-ups, um, that job corps place. Well, anyway, uh, I was staying with him, and um, I think I had been there only for one day, and uh-huh. the, the next day um, on the news, someone had... Uh, lit a bum on fire, and he burned to Holy death. Sh- and he burned to death under underneath the bridge, um, on Twelfth Street and the freeway, right there next to my dad's house. And, and I was just God like, damn. "Fuck, uh, welcome back to Albuquerque." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking nuts, dude. And uh, I don't even know if it was on the news. I I think I just was um going by there and it was all cops everywhere and uh, i think someone was just like oh yeah they fucking burned this some guy and uh, his, his body is like melted to the fucking mattress and they they're trying to peel him off the sidewalk and they're having like a hard time getting him off and like fuck that's fucked up you know you're you spend so many years away from there and then the second you go back god only knows what's gonna happen yeah i know like so I was saying that I hadn't gone back. It was like a little over 11 years, right? That I hadn't gone back. And when I got there, I was like, oh my God. It, it like, it didn't change. It didn't change at all, but it just looked worse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it almost looked like, it almost looked like Juarez, Mexico. <laughs> it was like very, like, I remember, remember the gas station at the corner of my house? 
Yeah. Like, there's still, you know, junkies there. Uh, fucking, we saw this lady just fucking, like, nodding off <laughs> behind the gas station, just, like, ready to die. <laughs> Damn. It's just like, I'm like, wow, it hasn't changed at all. <laughs> Man, that's um, fucked up. And yeah. the, the thing that's fucked up about it is, you know, that's really where we came from. And yeah. that's just how we had to survive each day. And it, it didn't, it wasn't like um, a downer, really. At the time, it just was just like something you that's, just had to deal with, you know? Yeah, it's like everywhere you walk, you have to like check your, like just, just turn around and check your back for a second. <laughs> because there's been times where walking home from, you know, my aunt's house across the street from Sensio's mom's house or like from remember Joby, <laughs> like walking from Joby's place. It was like, oh, yeah, there'd be some some random dude that would like talk shit or try to chase you down. Um, <laughs> even even the prostitutes, like they fuck with you, too. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I lived on um, uh, Morningside, Morningside and like lead. Um when I would go to the to work every morning, the same prostitute every single day would come um, and try to get in the car every single day. And every single day I'd be like, uh, no thanks, I'm trying to, you know, got to go to work. <laughs> every single fucking day she would like just saunter up to my car all fucking high out of her mind and try yeah. to get in my car. And, you know, it was just like comical, you know. <laughs> <laughs> After the third time, it's like, all right. A weird joke <laughs> yeah like you really don't remember me like fuck <laughs> yeah but that again more stories just fucking keep popping into my mind <laughs> but you know the, the west side ghetto where we grew up and then comparing that to the east side ghetto or uh when i lived up at that apartment remember uh way up oh, there oh, uh on off of western the, skies yeah up by the mountains yeah yeah, that was a that was a whole other type of ghetto too. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> that was that was predominantly more of a like a white people ghetto. I would say. Yeah, and, it was like a meth meth area or something. Yeah, yeah, it was a a, a lot less Hispanics there, <laughs> except for Blake's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Blake's. <laughs> um yeah but i mean both ghettos great times and bad times you know (laughs) well uh at at, at that apartment that's where um man you know that's where i moved out that's where i first moved out and went to go live with you i I, it was i know it was crazy before we started talking again i told my wife about that story (laughs) i was talking about you how like how long i'd known you and how one day i woke up and I, I walk outside and you're like in your car. <laughs> it was like in the middle of winter. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what the fuck is Derek doing here? <laughs> like you told me you got kicked out <laughs> and you came upstairs and <laughs> we awkwardly laid under the same blanket. <laughs> and we're just sitting there like, uh. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, that shit was fucking hilarious. <laughs> 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 oh. And remember you said that 
that apartment on fire, or somebody did. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna talk. I, I was just telling my wife that story because uh, <laughs> she was like, I can't remember what I was saying, but I was like, yeah, that apartment. It was pretty crazy because um, I, I didn't, I wasn't like, I just was staying there, you know. But it was the first place I moved out at, and I had invited over a bunch of people, and we were smoking <laughs> cigarettes inside in my room. And somebody must have just flicked their cigarette onto my um, clothes. And then I had to go take everyone home. Because I was like the only person that had a car. Me and you were like the only yeah. people who had cars. Yeah. <laughs> so I took back like uh, Eric, Felix, Jason O'Connor, um, Nate, oh, yeah. and, like five people all in my Dodge Colt. So it took me like two hours. You know, it, uh, I don't know how long it took, but by the time I got back, the fucking whole house was filled with smoke and I had to fucking like kick, a, kick your door in to get you guys yeah. to get out or else, you know, you probably would have died from smoke inhalation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember, I just remember fucking like <laughs> holding my breath in your room and I was like, I have to open that window. I like fucking barreled through found the window with my eyes closed and all all the smoke came out and i like ran out and i was like fucking we were filling like what, double gulp cups with water from the bathtub just fucking throwing it in the room it went out the fire went out yeah the fire went out and you know we, we all lived um i think the only thing we had going for us was that it was such like a slumlord type of situation that yeah. it wasn't like the worst thing the guy has ever seen or something you know no he never knew because i cut a piece of the carpet out of the other room and sewed it to the burnt part <laughs> <laughs> and i found linoleum under the sink and just fucking linoleum the carpet i cut out of the closet <laughs> <laughs> so fucking problem solved <laughs> see and that's the kind of shit that you learn growing up in that it's those things you know survival <laughs> yeah you know how to, how to fucking stay alive yeah <laughs> i mean we were we were just doing it all completely on our own you know i i was only 16 and you were yeah. only 19 and yeah. uh, you know we had no supervision whatsoever uh no nothing you know no uh, modern technology uh, just trying to uh, no cell phones, no cell phones, no internet. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, just watching. Uh, I would go to sleep um, to um, Lord of the Rings VHS uh, every single night on my little um, like twelve inch uh, uh, TV with my um, VHS player in one. That was my first uh, TV I ever bought, actually. Yeah, fucking so VHS were like the non-cable channels, usually <laughs> The Simpsons or Fox News. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's also uh, when when I lived there with you. That's the also um, when Spit OD'd. Uh, that's where yeah. we came back to the apartment after that. Um, yeah, I don't know if you just were like at work or because uh, it was me, David, and uh, Phyllis. No, I was at, I was at the apartment. I I didn't go to the party. Yeah, it was like a school night or something. I mean, it was like a weekday or something. I don't know. I I was at I was at the apartment. I remember you guys came back. I have a picture of you guys <laughs> from that night. Yeah, I remember we had like some Southern Comfort afterwards or something. Yeah, we, I have a picture of you guys with the shot glasses. Man, it's talk crazy. about another life altering experience. Jesus Christ. Yeah, watching 
spit overdose. <laughs> uh, the the thing that was most fucked up about the whole situation was the fact that we just witnessed that happen, and then we just went to Denny's afterwards and just like uh, hid and tried to pretend like we weren't there, and then just went back to the apartment and just went on with our lives just like fuck that was fucked up you know like i didn't yeah. even like process it at all like, i was just like man fuck that's fucked up like i i just like oh gotta wake up tomorrow like it wasn't i didn't like think about it that hard you know yeah i mean at that point there's at any point there's really nothing you can do about it you know but i know a lot of people were probably trying to not get in trouble yeah, because you know, I mean, we're having underage drinking, uh, illegal <laughs> narcotics. <laughs> Plus that like house. I mean, squ- I don't squatting like twenty squatters in that house. Yeah, I don't think it, <laughs> that it was even a legit house. I'm pretty sure that was a squat house. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, actually, I was just gonna bring that up too. Thinking about that, did you know that Nate was a um, on that um, uh, Scientology documentary on Hulu? The Leah Remini's um, uh, Scientology documentary? No, but I do follow him. I do see his YouTube videos and shit. Um, <laughs> he's always posting all kinds of crazy things. Yeah. Sometimes I can't watch them all, but... <laughs> but yeah, it's crazy to see him how he was. Like, <laughs> fucking dressed, dressed in drag, high off his mind, beating the shit out of people. <laughs> To where he is now, like, yeah, it's not. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad he's like doing well. You know. Yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, yeah. I can't remember how I <laughs> found out. Someone just like texted me one day, um, a like a link to a, a thing, and I clicked on it, and uh, then I went to the computer, and yeah, he was on an episode because he came to New Mexico because he mm-hmm. was in that Scientology ranch somewhere in a, in a ranch in New Mexico, somewhere like outside of Albuquerque being like fucking tortured in a fucking Scientology ranch. Like that's how he ended up in Albuquerque, you know? Wow. So like, that's why he was like always like a weirdo and all fucked up. Like I, I never knew any of that information. Yeah. I, I had no clue that he was from some weird Scientology cult. I hadn't, I had no yeah. knowledge of that. And I hung out with him. Uh, quite a bit you know i mean we we were friends for quite a quite a while you know (laughs) yeah yeah that's fucking nuts i didn't know about that i first met him at a denny's and probably at the denny's down in Nottville. yeah Uh, he was he came in i was with antonio and he came in and he had like paint to hold his mohawk up (laughs) (laughs) um yeah he was just fucking wasted just hanging out with him (laughs) but that talking about his mohawk and everything just you know brings me back to another memory about growing up in the ghetto and how fucking punk rock probably saved my life (laughs) you know um yeah you know with all the crazy shit growing growing up with all that crazy shit um with all the gangs and everything um and all the crazy shit i was involved in before how old was i like 10 years old (laughs) like fighting and stealing and all that fucked up shit. Um, once I found punk rock that like, I would say the first band I heard was rancid because of my sister. Yeah. Um, 
So once I heard that, I was like, oh my God, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> was that 1994? Uh, yeah, I was about 10 years old. And, you know, that's that I, I would say that's probably what saved me from going towards the wrong path in the ghetto. You know, people, and also like, that, I guess maybe that was my my outlet not to get fucked with in the ghetto. Because no, even the, the fucking gangsters were like, oh, this dude's got green hair. Like, <laughs> this guy's fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they still fucked with us, but they at least thought twice about it, you know? Yeah, yeah, really because, you know, <laughs> we were always wearing boots, you know, it, it was like... A, spike, spike jackets. Yeah, they just had to think twice, like, what the fuck is up with this guy? Like, just another um, crazy person in Albuquerque, basically, like, oh, shit, yeah. you know, maybe they'll fuck with you, but they'll think about it. Uh, instead of just, like, jumping you, blindsiding you, at least they'll yeah. give it a second thought before, like, just beating the shit out of you. Yeah. And, you know, and at that point, you know, they start carrying, you know, weapons on us and everything. And <laughs> <laughs> then they really, really don't want to fuck with us. <laughs> but, yeah, just I remember sometimes walking from from the grocery store home and people throwing shit at us uh, or, like, screaming crazy shit at us and throwing, like, soda bottles at us while they're passing by in their car and fucking... Crazy shit, man. Yeah, I remember uh, one time I was skateboarding uh, when I lived on 57th Street with my aunt. I was skateboarding back from the Phillips 66, I think it was, and this uh, these gang gangsters drove by and they threw an entire um, big gulp out the window. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if it hit me or if it hit like a fire hydrant in front of me, just exploded all over me like, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. I've had that, or like the fucking giant slushies from Sonic. Yeah. Me. Fucking crazy shit, man. Um, yeah, but I guess, so I'm starting to think about all the other ghettos I've lived in, and maybe it's because I'm older now, but like the ghetto, and I, I look different than the other ghetto. Like when I grew up in Albuquerque, I had fucking mohawks or yeah, hair and leather jackets with studs, and now I'm just wear fucking black pants and a shirt and I'm bald. <laughs> yeah. And you're so, not a teenager. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm not a teenager anymore. Uh, but yeah, like growing up. So when I was in the ghetto of DC, you know, fucking rat infested apartment <laughs> um, with the fucking neighbor, you know, he was a drug dealer. <laughs> so you'd hear like crazy shit going on those paper wall. The paper thin walls, you know, <laughs> um, but just growing up in Albuquerque, seeing all the crazy shit I did, like seeing or living in DC, those those situations were like, okay, these are this is what happens, this is what not to do, <laughs> like or this is what to do, like during situations. Like I, I remember my upstairs neighbor one time. I got home from work and uh, I had just taken a shower. I like put a record on. I was having a beer. And all of a sudden, I hear the neighbor upstairs screaming to somebody else, and he's just like, "Put the gun down, motherfucker! Put the gun down!" <laughs> and I was like, turned. I think I was blasting like lower class brats or something. I, like turned it down. I was like, "What the fuck?" And he's like, "Put the put the gun down, motherfucker!" And I'm just like, "Wow, someone's about to get fucking 
shut up. <laughs> and at that point, I was like, well, I don't want to fucking be a witness or anything. So I just fucking went to my sister's house. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm not staying here. <laughs> I mean, I was lucky that I had like some outlets to or options to go like to my sister's house or otherwise, you know. I'd have been there. Who, I, nobody got shot that night that I know of. So, but if someone had, like, that's something I don't want to fucking deal with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's enough uh, trauma already. Why, you know, you don't need to add any more on onto a full uh, bag of trauma already. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, I was just thinking about that now. Just suddenly, um, I totally forgot. I don't know if I told that story in the other podcast. I, maybe I did. Uh, when I was a kid, my dad threw a, a bottle of wild turkey through the um, front window when we lived <laughs> on um, by Lava Land and jumped in and tried to attack my um, my mom's boyfriend. Um, I remember that story. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking wild turkey. <laughs> Which, that's why I was always leery of drinking wild turkey after that, you know. <laughs> yeah. Man, I can go on about crazy stories all the time but I don't, I don't even know if that's like part of this podcast no <laughs> uh, i just want to get as much uh, as possible you know because um i think that's the problem that that there is nowadays in society is all these stories just never get told and no yeah. one no one knows uh you know like where i'm at now um people just assume that i'm from here or something or they assume yeah. that I'm whatever, and eventually once they get to know me, I'll start saying random things about how I grew up or whatever, and they're just like completely shocked. And, yeah. you know, which, it there's a reason why I am a little bit more reserved and a little bit more like yeah. um, accepting exactly. of, of other people, because when you grow up in a dangerous area or uh, in a ghetto situation, you need to be assessing the situation all the time. Like, yeah. you can't just, like, That's... even if someone is, like, violently coming at you or talking shit to you or whatever, you can't just, you gotta... you can't just um, react. You have to take in all that information and decide, do I need to react? Do I need to run away? Do I need to fight? Yeah. Like, you can't just be like, fuck you, because that could be the last thing you ever say, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it, even when I'm walking my dogs. I so about 2000, it's probably 2016. I went to a therapist as a joke. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna go see a therapist. I want to see how fucked up she thinks I am. <laughs> she, she thought I was pretty fucked up. But what it came down to is that she thought I was, or she told me I was a worst case scenario thinker, which I agree with because probably because of Albuquerque, I'm like, what's the worst thing that could happen and what would I do if this happens? Or you play all these scenarios in your mind of what you think would happen. And if, if something did happen, you would kind of be prepared in a way. Yeah. Um, which it's usually nothing that ever happens. I would say 90% of the time. Yeah. But there have been, I have been in situations where had I not thought about that, like I would have been fucked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I don't know that, that kind of, it's almost growing up in the ghetto is kind of like, it's almost like a third world country in a way, <laughs> you know, like 
you're you see violence you're you see i don't even want to say a third world country it's just it's like almost like i've never been to war i know you have you've been across the seas and stuff i don't want to compare it to that because i've never done it but in a sense i'm just like it's it's kind of like that you're you're like living in another world um with her with a lot of survival that you need to like really pay attention to <laughs> right right <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and everyone that lives in those um, um areas they just know that because there's no way not to know that um you have to know it if you live in those areas because if you if you don't you're gonna get fucked up or something bad is gonna happen to you and and it's not gonna yeah. take take very long you know you, you the second you enter school most likely you're gonna be faced with a a situation where something bad is like gonna happen it's like <laughs> mini prison <laughs> basically yeah micro prison which so two two stories real quick one your survival mode so when i was living in dc i would have to take the the metro home and uh I, it was like 11 45 or something and i i would walk to a different metro to pay less mm-hmm. uh like a dollar less <laughs> so i was walking and i was like speed walking so i wouldn't miss the last train mm-hmm. and uh i hear somebody yelling at me like and the, the yelling got louder and louder. It was like, as it got louder, it was like, hey, you white bitch. You white <laughs> bitch. I was like, first of all, I'm not white. <laughs> um, but anyway, it was like three dudes in a car. They they were trying to like jump me or whatever. And I cook for a living, so I had my knife bag with me. I had like this fucking 12-inch steel to sharpen my knives. <laughs> but I always just, it wouldn't fit my back, so I would just like stick it in like to to the role mm-hmm. anyway so they, they they got out of the car i was like oh fuck and I, my instinct just kicked in to like <laughs> what am i gonna do so i, I pull out the fucking steel <laughs> and i was like and i just like all right one of you is gonna die i don't care who it is but one of you will fucking die <laughs> and and i was like i wasn't really thinking i was like man these guys are gonna fuck me up <laughs> but that without scared them off enough that they just fucking left and i was like that was great (laughs) i better fucking run and catch that last train yeah no shit (laughs) um so yeah that's that's my first story about survival then going back to to albuquerque before i forget the the whole story you know when you're going to school you know west mesa um i'm like 99 percent sure from what i've read and stuff that West Mesa was originally built to be a prison. I would highly um, agree with <laughs> agree with that, being that it's painted yeah. gray with no windows. <laughs> and the big the big steel doors, like right, made of concrete. Tw- the twelve foot doors <laughs> mm-hmm. with chains on them. Um, but that that reminded me of. Um, I'm pretty sure you were there, but remember the, the riot that happened there um, between the two gangs. That they were fighting. We were just fucking chilling, and these these two gangs went at it with each other. Then all of a sudden, everybody was going nuts, and the cops on their horses came, started macing everybody. Yeah, they were spraying like um that that uh big big the big mace, where it's like riot mace, just spraying yeah, riot spraying mace. everyone down. Spraying everyone down. It looked like it looked like the current riots that have happened. 
Yeah. But it happened but it happened in fucking two thousand one. <laughs> in a high school. I, I remember I remember during that, um just I don't remember seeing the impact, I don't think, but just seeing a, a glass full glass Sobe bottle flying through the yeah. air, like, oh my god, that's gonna like kill somebody, you know? Yeah, the kids were Kids were throwing bottle. I remember Javier threw fucking. I remember he threw a bottle of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember just watching the two dudes. I can't remember the guy's name. He was like everyone knew him in high school, but he fucking ripped the can the the metal cover of the trash can off the chain. Was oh, like beating the <laughs> beating the dude with it. That's how. That's when it started. Wasn't that uh, like uh, that one really big uh, black dude? And then like the yeah that was him yeah that, yeah that's what I'm talking about yeah but I can't, I can't remember his name yeah and, and then it was like the other Mexican gang uh, that one dude like Payaso Payaso Loco I don't know if it, if it, if it was him that was involved I I, I don't know maybe not I don't know either <laughs> half half those guys are fucking dead now <laughs> I imagine I imagine so yeah I know at least. We were talking about this the other day. Like, so many people from back then are just already dead. It's fucking nuts. And thinking about some of those, some of the lesser, like, immediate friends um, who have passed. Like, I don't, I don't remember if you remember this guy Lawrence, um, who went to our high school. He was a good friend of mine. Lawrence, um, but he got Lawrence, Lawrence Vargas. That sounds familiar. Was he in your grade? Yeah. Yeah, he was in my grade, but shortly after high school, he got, like, shot in the chest for, in a parking lot, supposedly for mad-dogging somebody. Fuck. Mad-dogging. What a <laughs> stupid thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but. Fucked up. Yeah. Crazy shit just for looking at somebody weird. You know, it's like... Like you were meant, like you mentioned in your other, the previous podcast, like whenever you're in Albuquerque, you have to like, you're you have to be prepared for whatever. Yeah, people are gonna question you, like who the fuck are you? Like, yeah, what are you all about? Yeah, you you can read, like, yeah, you think you're you think you're fucking better than me? Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll fuck you up. <laughs> you know, and that's not I'm not saying everybody, but like the certain areas where where we were, you know. Oh, you're like you got nice shoes? What the fuck, dude? <laughs> Where'd you get those? <laughs> or yeah. it's almost like it's like again, I've never been to prison, nor do I want to. <laughs> but you know, it's it's almost like the movie Blood In, Blood Out. <laughs> That's like almost Albuquerque. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Mixed in with uh, American Me and um you know Basically, <laughs> yeah, it's like which you know Jimmy Santiago Baca who wrote Blood and Blood Out. He lives in Albuquerque. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. My sister, uh, I'm pretty sure she taught one of his kids, one of his daughters or something, when she was a lot younger. Hmm. High school, yeah, yeah. But he's a, he's amazing. A lot of respect for that guy. I read a lot of his poems. They're fucking awesome. He he like mentions a lot of stuff from Barillas too. It's really cool. Yeah, definitely um, a different 
world to grow up in, that's for sure. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, I've, I've lived in so many different ghettos, like, almost like different levels, <laughs> different tiers of ghettos. And I've also lived in very nice neighborhoods. Like, I, I like the security or the, the idea of the security in those really nice neighborhoods, like those nice suburban homes and fucking you got the, you, you don't have to lock your door when you walk your dog. And yeah, it it's, it's like, you don't have to hear sirens. Like I hear cop sirens all the fucking time, but I also live in a big city. Um, during, you know, during the, the recent protests, like literally down the street from my house, like a lot of places got raided you heard the sirens and the horns honking, the screaming, and but there's there's a lot of there's a lot of sadness in the ghetto, but there's a lot of beauty in the ghetto too. Like great communities in the in the ghetto. Um, the the neighborhood I live in now is like a very, which I really like. It's predominantly Mexican, but it's got a lot of Puerto Rican as well, mm-hmm. um, and a couple of the other neighborhoods in Chicago that I've been to like uh, Pilsen and Little Village uh, which are they seem a lot more dangerous than where I live um, I think they're more populated as well but they, they got a lot of crazy violence there but they also have a lot of great things going on like the sense of community there like how people help each other out um, is fucking amazing um, it doesn't even compare to like when I lived when I lived in Germantown. Like you don't know your neighbors. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you're or like I was the outcast of the neighborhood, pretty much. Yeah, because we were loud. We played music. We, you know, we got tattoos and yeah, just look crazy. I drove a I drove a fucking cargo van. <laughs> yeah, um, well, every you know, so yeah, I like I like the sense of like security and in those neighborhoods, but it's missing that. It's missing that part of like that lively that soul, you know, of like community and culture, and that especially because I grew up in it, you know, like those those are the things that I fucking love about those area types of places, the ghettos, the the fucking culture, the food, the the people, everybody kind of watches out for each other, like really calls the cops. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, everyone, even if you're, you know, I, I know, especially like a later, like in high school um, at West Mesa, even though I was the white kid and I was a weirdo, um, I had grown up with all these kids th- since Lava Land. So by the time high school came around, I mean, some of these people were heavy gang members in West Side or God knows what, but I still remembered how they were when they were kids. Uh, just playing at Lava Land, yeah. and they would, you know, yeah. they wouldn't wouldn't fuck with me because I, we had grown up together. And if yeah, if shit really went down, uh, you know, I would back them up, and same would, uh, you know, I would say the same that they would do for me because they, we all came from shit from the shithole, basically, you know. Yeah, you guys grew up in the same neighborhood. Yeah, it's fucking. That's that's the cool part about these types of neighborhoods is that. There's a lot of people that, you know, they grew up there and they're not going anywhere. So they, they look out for the, you know, for the people that live there. Yeah. Even where I am now, like I'm not from Chicago. I've lived here for a year, but the people that live around me, like they've been here for 25 years, 
25 plus years, like it, they know I'm an outcast or an outsider of the, uh, of the neighborhood, but they're very welcoming and, you know, and like we're friendly and I don't know if we would be because of the fucking pandemic. <laughs> so I don't know if people are just kind of like standoffish about that, but yeah, but the people I have met, the neighbors I have met, they're, they're pretty nice and they don't, they don't like, they're not nosy, but they, you, you can tell they're like kind of watching out what's going on in the neighborhood. Yeah. So, so that's really, that's really cool about, about neighborhoods like this, you know, compared to the fucking, the Germantown neighborhood I lived in. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've never really, I mean, where I live now is like, I don't even know what you would call it. It's like a rural area, but it's a neighborhood somewhat, yeah. but every house has like a, an acre pretty much like yeah but the houses are somewhat close together so it's a small little community but i mean it's nothing like i had ever experienced before like when we first moved in oh you got you got chicken and shit yeah yeah. (laughs) i mean when i first moved in here uh people would just come and just plow my driveway uh without asking they would just come and just plow my driveway because they knew that i didn't have a plow and they wouldn't yeah. like ask for anything. They would just come and do it. They wouldn't say shit. And then I would like get up to go to work and there would be no snow. I'm like, what the fuck? And then find out that yeah. the one guy <laughs> who has a tractor just came and fucking plowed everyone's driveway. It's like, holy shit. Like I never really um, experienced that. <laughs> At least not that level of a. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Well, that brings me. So I, I remember I lived out in. For a year, I lived out in Damascus, near Damascus. So that's like in the woods of Maryland. So that's way different from like the town of Maryland, the, the cookie cutter place, you know? Yeah. Um, up there's like country, country folks. And they're like, that's a whole other world also. <laughs> like everyone's pretty nice there too. Um, they mind their business, but they're also like, hey, hey neighbor, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's totally friendly. different. It's so it's like, I don't know, each, each neighborhood's very different. Um, I'm, and I'm glad I've experienced all of them. You know, I lived in, I lived in Florida for like almost 10 years. And I lived in the, uh, an area that was like kind of nice. And I lived in an area that was kind of ghetto, but then again, it's Florida. So Florida's like the fucking wild west of the country. <laughs> uh, so like I lived in a, most recently I lived in like a historic area a lot of really rich people live in mm-hmm. like literally across the street is a place they call little Haiti it's like <laughs> where a lot of the Haitians live and fucking somebody got shot like in the middle of the day <laughs> like across the street like <laughs> so it's kind of like it's it's very weird mm-hmm. yeah I've never been to Florida I don't, I don't know but, I don't know anything about Florida so I live in southeast Florida so it's like very touristy about 40 miles north of Fort Lauderdale. Okay. It's not It's not terrible. It's just like, just wasn't for me anymore, you know? It's just very boring. Every day is the same. It's like, the beach is fucking nice. The weather's nice. The tropical fruit's nice. <laughs> I met a lot of really good people there who are some of my good friends, but um, it's just, there was nothing going on. It's like, it's just, it's very limited, especially because of what I do for a living. I cook for a living. Um, but yeah, I mean, just like any town, there's, there's violence and shit like that. And the, 
it just depends on the the street like it's the same it's the same there as it is anywhere like a street will divide it's very segregated like how, yeah how like where the ghetto is and where like the money is literally when so when i lived in dc i lived in brooklyn uh like i said it's so gent- gentrified now the exact same apartment that i lived in uh, so i paid 800 bucks a month now for a fucking rat infested apartment <laughs> literal rats like fucking huge um when i went back years later that same apartment was like twenty four hundred dollars they just fucking slapped paint on it you know oh man and like it, it's fucking not they built like a whole foods down the street so it's like no more bootleg crack for me <laughs> get the real you don't gotta even smoke crack you could just actually you do coke <laughs> <laughs> fucking step up to from crack to coke living the high life no, you were you went to the house. You came to visit. Is that, that the one? The fucking house on Tiger. Okay, yeah, that's that, the one. Yeah, yeah, that was. <laughs> I just uh, remembered. <laughs> that was the ghetto for sure. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I forgot you were there. Yeah, I, I stayed there for like a couple of days before that. I had just got out of the uh, basic training. And I was on my way to Germany for the first time. Um, yeah, we went to New York. Yeah, <laughs> I just told this story. Oh man, what I'm a crazy time! This fucking story. Uh, we like fucking partied. We took the train back <laughs> from New York to I don't even remember where New Jersey. To Jersey, yeah, yeah. And you're you're puking on the train the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> and just covering it up, <laughs> covering it up with newspaper. <laughs> and then when we got to my car, I like fucking beating the whole time to Baltimore Airport. So you can make your flight. <laughs> I think I actually missed the flight. I think I had to stay in um, a hotel overnight and uh, take a flight in the morning. I think. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. I just remember fucking being so hungover. <laughs> well, the thing about that <laughs> was uh, I didn't have any clothes. All I had was like a, a pair of jeans and like a white shirt, and then all my army yeah. clothes. <laughs> so I we were drinking in the night all night long. I, I just remember that there was um. It was an open bar at a su- sushi restaurant. Mind racer. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, was, I was basically just fucking sucking down every mixed drink ever ex- that ever existed. And um, yeah. I ended up losing my shoes. And uh, the next day, I had to wear my Class A um, dress shoes. Oh, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. I, I, yeah, I just fucking I had forgotten that you came to that to that house, that ghetto ass fucking house. <laughs> it, it smelled so. Sometimes my wife gets mad when I say this, but the smell of poverty. You know, I'm like, oh, this smells like poverty. Yeah, for sure. Like, it it has it has a smell. It's like it's like a mixture of like rusty pipes and burnt ketchup. <laughs> I mean, I'll never, ever forget the smell um, when I lived on, on Yucca, yeah. by, right um, by Church's Chicken, and I would go skate by the, uh, the grease trap. You could smell the grease trap from my fucking house I lived in, and yeah. to this Ugh. day, every single time I go by a grease trap, I instantly am transported back to Yucca and living uh, in that horrible apartment. Um, it's Ugh. just... Yeah, I know, I know that smell really well, that old... Old fryer oil. Yeah. Well, mostly because I have been around it for 21 years of <laughs> cooking. <laughs> yeah. That's like, I would say, 
besides punk rock saving my life, I would say like being a chef has probably saved my life because all I did was work. I didn't have time for bullshit. You know, I didn't have time to get in trouble. Although I did a lot. <laughs> I did get in a lot of trouble, but, but yeah, definitely having to be at work fucking 80 hours a week, like definitely kept me out of trouble. <laughs> I got into minimal trouble afterwards. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I was definitely, ever since I left and went to live at your place, ever since then, just been working since then. And, I mean, it seems like me and you and Anthony were like the only ones who, uh, yeah. and Ruckus, uh, maybe yeah. a handful of others were the only ones who were like uh, legitimately like... like uh, real work. <laughs> doing shit work, you know yeah, work even even fucking phyllis the the working class skinhead who never had a job <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fucking lived in my house for free for like six months <laughs> it was, he so, was a good guy it was so but still it's fucking funny it, it was so funny too because i you know it wasn't my place to tell him he couldn't live there because i, I was just staying there but I was working and doing everything I was supposed to do, and he was just staying yeah. playing Xbox just, all fucking day long. Yeah, drinking beer that I bought. <laughs> <laughs> that, that we bought, you know? Listening to my same record. I think, actually, that's how I lost my uh, Templar's um, Reconquista, because we would just listen to it fucking constantly, and I'm pretty sure yeah. when he um, went back, and um, I don't know where the fuck he went after that, but... Um, yeah, I think that my CD went with him. <laughs> one day I was like, one day I was just like, dude, get the fuck out of my house, <laughs> get a get a job or get the fuck out. We would always I still have that record. We we would always be going, uh, you know, because I was always uh, whenever we'd go party, I would take him with me, and um, I would always be the one buying the thirty packs. But th- he yeah. would always try to like, oh, let's let's just go to my mom's or um, we'll go to my dad's. They'll, they'll give us some money and then we'll, you know, we'll use that. And we'd go there and every single time they'd be like, fuck no, we're going to give you no money. And, <laughs> you know, and, and it would just be like a complete waste of time. And then we, I'd have to buy the beer anyway. It's like, son of a bitch. I wonder if that was his like, his way to just have you buy it. <laughs> Sometimes they would, uh, actually, that was the first time I ever tried dumplings. Um, I, we went to go try to get some money from his oh, mom. Yeah. Was it, wasn't his dad Japanese? Uh, he was half Japanese. At the I don't know. I only met him once, and he gave us that smoker. <laughs> yeah, we fucking cooked ribs on it. <laughs> or we tried to cook snow. tried to cook ribs. Uh, like eighteen hours later, they still weren't fucking cooked all the way. Yeah, I remember I threw them in the oven. That's when I was learning how to cook. Still, <laughs> <laughs> I just learned how to cook maybe like five years ago. So. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, can, can you think of, can, do you have any, um, uh, can you think off the top of your head, any stories um, from when we were in the band that you can think of that were crazy? That maybe some that I can't remember? <laughs> I don't know. Well, let's see. <laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> uh, how about the time we got in that fist, that fucking brawl at the attic? <laughs> um, I don't remember who we were playing for, but there was this this emo band that opened up for the Bisex and you know, it was cool. I watched them play. 
played and then some other band played and we were, and us or the pit right the singer of the opening band came around and like purposely like punched me in the stomach <laughs> and you know you know when someone's fucking with you in the pit like right there, there's like this weird rule about the fucking pit he broke that rule and he i remember he punched me in the stomach and i was like what the fuck so i, I called him out on it after the song and he was just like like i didn't these guys were not part of the scene like i don't know who these fucking this band was but anyway i can i like to the dude and i was like what the fuck right and they're like whatever and i remember uh jake's sister jessica remember yeah uh, him and mona antonio's sister they went up and started talking shit to the guy <laughs> drunk like it, it was our basically it was squashed because i yelled at him they went up and just like kept going i remember they came down to try to fight us and we just fucking destroyed them like <laughs> the visions the visions that come in my head is that the guy went to punch jessica and antonio fucking like <laughs> jumped in the middle and just punched the guy in the chin or the <laughs> face. The fucking brawl broke out. And I remember just seeing Eric, Eric Yordy <laughs> and his brother, Sean. Sean had like a spike bracelet around his fist. They're just fucking wailing on this dude. <laughs> and I just remember like fucking everybody fighting. I hit a dude with a giant screwdriver <laughs> carried it, that I carried in the van. And I just remember jumping in the van and we're like, we all took off. The band jumped at the van off and we lost Jessica. <laughs> yeah, she was like hiding somewhere. She was hiding in a dumpster. We <laughs> ended up finding her in a dumpster and we we got we got away. We, that was great. <laughs> and we just hung out. Um, I, I want to say most of the Vicex stories that were crazy ended up in fights. <laughs> The time we spent, we partied after the show with the Jackson Four at Joby's house. Yeah, that um, was that uh... was the day you the cop the cop showed <laughs> the cop showed up. Uh, that's when Nate in drag tried to beat the shit out of Stephen. <laughs> yeah, because remember Stephen was like, um, I don't know what he was doing. He was just being Stephen. I, I think really is the only problem. And uh, Nate wasn't really yeah. liking it, and um, they just started like fighting or something, and then. Next thing you yeah, know, the cops show up. I passed out in the back room, I remember. They didn't even check the back room. But I remember you like had to hide in a dumpster also. <laughs> yeah, me me and uh, quite a few people um took off in the back uh, ran out the back and then uh No, actually the cops came and we couldn't run. So the cops like questioned everyone and got everyone's IDs and then the the they took my ID and a few other people and they're like they gave us our IDs back and they're like, all right, you guys have 10 seconds to get the fuck out of here. And if we see, <laughs> if we see you on the street, you, you're going to jail. So we just like, uh, just booked it and, uh, took off and me and somebody else just hid in the dumpster, uh, for like quite a long time waiting. What? <laughs> Remember that. I know we were listening to, uh, the exploited, um, outside. I mean, they were just blasting the exploited. Uh, the Beat the Bastards uh, album, um, just in the outside in the front yard. Was probably... <laughs> and there's a lot of crazy stories like that, and there's a lot of fucking great stories with the Bisex, like pretty much playing with all their fucking heroes. Like 
like hanging out with the casualties, the lower class brats, uh, what was it, uh, the exploited, the strap ons, which are control, control denied, the exploited, GBH, the havoc, everyone, you know, putting um, out, yeah, the, the havoc. I was just listening to them like a couple weeks ago. I was like, I wonder what ever happened to these fucking dudes, crazy Christian punks, yeah, they were cool as fuck, though, they were so cool. They're like the only fucking crazy Christians I ever knew. They weren't even crazy Christians. They're they're fucking cool. Yeah, and every time they would come to town, they would like seek us out and want to hang out with us for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know why <laughs> they fucking hung out with us all the time. Yeah, they're they're fucking cool cool dudes, man. Fucking miss the, the hanging out with them. Um, yeah, just being able to fucking play and write those songs that are relevant to my life you know like i still fucking play them play them to this day like just for fun um fucking awesome yeah the the other time we got in another fight at the attic with the fucking what's his name uh, boston josh <laughs> the, the hardcore oh like, fight with the hardcore scene oh yeah <laughs> what what, what? I don't know what 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 was the time where um Jessica went a little bit too crazy? Um, was it that time that she was like kicking the windows out? Uh, that was, yeah, that was that was the same time. That was oh, the exact same fight. Okay, so that that was a Kate, di- Kate that was a different time than the other time with that big fight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a different one. <laughs> I can't believe they let us play there multiple times. At, at, <laughs> at, at the yeah, I know at the same at the same place we heard two fights. <laughs> Yeah, because that that band, because uh, we were playing that that show, and we were the only punk band. All the rest were like either hardcore or, or like metal bands or something. They're hardcore, hardcore, like hardcore emo bands. Yeah, like screamo bands or whatever. Yeah, and that's uh, why we wrote. That's why we wrote that one song. Fuck, I can't even remember at the top of my head. Yeah, I know I can play it, but I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> yeah, I have. I have the original Bike Six notebook with all the lyrics in it. Oh shit! In the garage, still have that. It's pretty intense. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking great. <laughs> um, yeah, but I remember playing at the launch pad. And favorite ones were at like the house parties at uh, oh the fucking. Remember at uh, Amber's house, who passed away. Oh yeah, we um, a, a couple, a couple of great shows there. Yeah, we played that one show with. Um, I think it was the first show that Jackson Four ever played, possibly, and um, yeah. that was the first time I ever met Nate, actually. Um, yeah. But I that was the first time I ever drank whiskey like heavily, and um, your mom dragged me. And, and <laughs> yeah, your mom dragged me out of the party and uh, forced me to go back home with you guys and uh, then I ended up throwing up all in the back and um, I was like trying to take my boots <laughs> off but maybe your mom like helped me take my boots off like I don't know but uh, she never told yeah, my mom my mom was awesome because <laughs> my mom's fucking my mom's gangster as fuck man yeah she didn't she didn't write you out <laughs> yeah it's... she fucking knew she knew we were crazy bastards I can only imagine her point of view, <laughs> but, you know, because I was only like 14 or something at that time. <laughs> yeah. We were fucking wasted too. I don't know. We just played it off like we weren't. 
I don't know if she believed us or not. I'm pretty sure she didn't. <laughs> well, it, it, I couldn't play it off because when she came in, I was drinking from a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> you, had a, you had a bottle of whiskey in your hand and a cigarette. In <laughs> and I, I don't think I even was like fully smoking all, all, all the time either. Like I was just like newly like starting to smoke or something. I don't know. But uh, she yeah. came in and I had a bottle and, and a cigarette and she was just like, nope. We got to go. You're getting in the van. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> uh, good times. <laughs> I mean, basically, that's what bisex were, just fucking fighting and drinking and playing music. That's it, yeah. Pretty much. Uh, with no... So that's um, it. <laughs> it. It's crazy to think now, like, because uh, a lot of... Well, I really don't know how bands are now or what, what the mentality is, but... I had no thought in my mind, not even one, about um, making money or anything like that, or or any. Yeah. I mean, it was purely uh, for yeah. for kicks and just uh, because I liked I love punk rock. That that was really the only reason, you know. Like I had no inkling yeah. towards making money or even like asking if they would pay us. You know, I like I was just happy that they would let us play. You know, I don't I don't think. We ever made I think we only made money once at our first bisex show from tips. Yeah. And that was the only I think we made twenty dollars. And I think that was the most money we ever made. Except for selling our own merch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for 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 my last show that I played. <laughs> yeah. We we sold shirts shirts, CDs and and patches. <laughs> <laughs> Like I still have my vice picture. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, I have it. Sitting, I have it in my drawer. It's a little bit. I um, only wear it in the. Mine's in actually pretty good condition. It's the the sleeves are cut off, but so I only wear it in the summer. Yeah, mine. I had cut it Whatever. for some reason. Like I cut it to be like the same height as my pants or something. So now it's like a halter top almost. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty sexy. <laughs> I've worn it around and uh, it's definitely not as uh, attractive as it once was. I mean, yeah, shows, punk scenes are crazy, man. Like, obviously, I haven't been in the punk scene in, in New Mexico since I left 2004. I can't even imagine what it's like if there's even punk scene there anymore. But the Florida punk scene is like fucking Wild West, you know? Like, Florida's, Florida's its own fucking category. <laughs> But, you know, we there's a place called Churchill's Pub, which is fucking, you know, it's fucking gross. Um, it's swampy. And, but I I played there with a band, with a punk band. You know, it's your it, it's like the launch pad, but grosser. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shit. One, one thing that uh, I, I find annoying about um, the current state of the world is uh, everything is so sanitized and... Uh, ultra produced and uh, fake you know it's like I I'm sick of it I don't want to listen to that I just want to listen to people who are regular uh, talk about shit like I, I don't give a fuck about yeah. your bullshit or whatever I just want to listen to unfiltered shit just like punk rock you know I don't care if the quality isn't yeah. good I, I just want to listen to the fastest hardest uh, angriest shit and I want to listen to it in a minute and 30 seconds and then get on to the next song you know <laughs> yeah exactly 
fucking yeah the the world is in changing so rapidly and it's insane so i i recently so my i have an instagram account for my my art uh-huh and i posted a photo i posted a photo of a of a cop that i took right mm-hmm. and i titled the photo it was a cop just walking and all i did was i captioned it uh fuck the what with a question mark uh-huh that's all i did and just wrote a brief little thing like i wrote a brief little thing about the picture like nothing detailed nothing crazy and i had all these fucking negative comments on it like calling me a cop hater which i am <laughs> uh, fucking got deleted it got like uh reported and they took it off oh like, really it like got censored for being like violent or some shit <laughs> When in reality, when in reality, I'm not the violent one. <laughs> I mean, it's fucking crazy how people like just throw everyone under the bus. Someone for comment, anything. yeah. Someone commented. Someone commented something about like, who will I call if I get attacked by a crackhead? I'm like, listen, dude, <laughs> if a crackhead's gonna attack me, they're not gonna do a very good job <laughs> at attacking me. <laughs> No, they've got uh, they yeah. very uh, very weak and uh, have way uh, other shit on their they mind. Got a, he told me a PCP addict was attacking me. That's a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> They're strong as fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's weird in this crazy world now. Like, um, there's no way that what we had going on in Albuquerque at that time. I mean, we would have been everyone would have been banned and fucking. Um, crucified uh instantly uh, do, uh, do you remember when we played with uh jackson four at um that fucking uh when we recorded the the live record with jackson four and 12 step rebels oh yeah at the uh i forget the name of the place but um, i remember filled in frame that's when that's when that's when yeah that's when uh felix didn't play because he got his jaw broken yeah he got punched with brass knuckles yeah um well during that set anyway during that set um nate yeah was just like talking shit and um i can't remember exactly what happened but you know they were talking shit about how he was unprofessional and uh he would like said some uh slurs uh, you know and they were like all pissed because uh he had he called someone a faggot or something like uh shut up faggot or something and the guy was that was doing poetry um there was like some poetry in between each set which i don't even remember that but um yeah i vaguely, I vaguely remember that <laughs> but he he was like uh they were like super pissed that he said that because um that guy happened to be gay which nate had no clue that that was the case and it's not like nate mm-hmm. is against gays uh, i mean uh, quant- quite the opposite and yeah um, i mean if that was today's world I mean, the whole thing would have been just fucking canceled. Uh, they never would have made the record, probably, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, like, torn between this cancel culture thing. Like, one, I don't understand it fully. Mostly, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, a lot of it's just, like, I don't really, like, pay attention to it. Like, I care too much to put my energy into it because I got, you know, I'm trying to survive. <laughs> That's more important. Yeah. Then, 
you know, I, I can go on, that can be like a whole other podcast, but, um, I mean, I'm not, I, I, I think I'm pretty respectful to people and sometimes I'm an asshole. Like it just depends. <laughs> it's fucking, I don't know. Weird, weird times that we're in right now. I think a lot of people have like a lot of people who I'm trying not to say like, I'm not trying to, I'm like, I'm not trying to put words in people's mouths, but like at the same time, it's just like the way I see things sometimes is like usually the people who are bitching and moaning about these certain things, like never really experience stuff. Right. Yeah. They're like almost privileged or I'm not saying all of them, but I'm just speaking specifically about the ones that shouldn't say anything. They just should shut the fuck up. <laughs> or not care when people don't agree with them, you know? Well, like... For... That, that's that's really what it is. Like, if, if someone doesn't agree with you, who cares? <laughs> right, and for me, it's like, uh, I don't have any social media, and I never, I just never got into that. Uh, I just was passed over, and I, I don't care. I, I don't, I'm not into that. But, like, I don't, there's nothing anyone could tell me that would, like, bother me to the point where I like start complaining. I mean, anyone, I'll take anyone's point of view. I don't care what it is. I mean, you could be a fucking racist. You could be a Holocaust denier. I don't care what the fuck you are, but I'm not going to be like, take a personal offense over it. Like, I don't care what you say, say whatever the fuck you want. It's not going to bother me. I mean, it's your, you're the one that has a problem, not me. I mean, you say whatever the yeah. fuck you want, but you're you're the one that's gonna have to deal with the shit that you say, not me. I mean, if you yeah. wanna if you wanna say all kinds of crazy shit, then expect people to to be pissed about it. I mean, you don't have to yeah. um, cry that uh, they're not accepting you, or or you don't have to be the one crying that they're saying the shit. Just hear it, and uh, if you don't like it, then fucking don't listen to it. And it. And if you, yeah. you know, if you don't want negative things to come back at you, don't say negative shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I don't know. But, first of all, fuck racists. <laughs> I just have to say that. But, uh, <laughs> but also, um, it's crazy now, like, uh, I don't even know, dude. <laughs> fucking the world the world is really crazy and it's changing so drastically right now and you either have to like you just have to go with it and like prepare and just take what you know and or or not you know it's like yeah everybody's everybody's different you like right now i'm just like i'm just going with punches whatever happens happens i'm not gonna bitch i'm just gonna like Okay, this sucks, but uh, it's gonna get good, <laughs> and then it's gonna get bad. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is, and you know, yeah. Don't fuck with don't fuck with me, and I won't fuck with you. Kind of deal. Yeah, that's a perfect uh, way to live, as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. But that's not very uh, popular, and that's not. Um, no, you know, that's everybody not... feels. Uh, a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people feel like they they should be treated equally, which everybody should be treated equally, but 
but that's not the way the world works, you know. Every everybody's got their own little bubble, and everyone needs. The way I see life is, you just have to. There's no there's no meaning to life. You just gotta do what you do when you're alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're born, you live your life, and then you're fucking dead, mm. and then you're you're remembered by the people that want to remember you. And it's much easier if you um, act in a polite way. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying like censor yourself either. No, no, definitely not. I definitely say what I want, and like, especially if someone's like, if I'm getting a shitty end of the stick, you know, I'm going to say something. I'm also not going to be like, oh, this is not fair. <laughs> right. Life is not fair right now. <laughs> That's not cool. Like, yeah, it might not. It might not be cool, but <laughs> fucking, I don't even know. Yeah, I don't even fucking know. <laughs> yeah, if I'm I just t- getting myself all riled up now. <laughs> if I if I took a break for every time it was unfair, I'd be taking a lot of breaks. You know, it's like fuck. I I can't worry about that, any of that. You know, it's like fuck that. <laughs> um, a few years ago, I um. We went to this random uh, festival. It was like a, uh, I don't know what you even call it. It's like a new, new fangled um, punk rock country music. You know, like uh, whatever the fuck it's called. Like folk, folk punk. Yeah, it's... like uh, th- those poor bastards, but like way more underground than that. Is it like crust, crust punks with banjos and shit? Pretty much. Yeah, I mean. Uh, <laughs> I went to this festival, uh, uh, but there was this one uh, guy. What the fuck is his name? Uh, some of the bands were good. Anyway, um, we were at this festival, and uh, I mean, it was just pretty much squatters. I mean, at least that's what I would assume. Yeah. Uh, as far as I could tell, everyone yeah. there was a squatter uh, from the looks and the <laughs> smell of the place, you know. And uh, <laughs> I ended I ended up uh, hanging out with this guy, and um, it, it happened to be my wife's um, friend that she had known from middle school randomly was there completely out of the blue. Yeah. And he had turned out to be a, like a crust punk type of guy. And, um, he had, huh. a, he had an anti-schism, uh, tattoo. So we ended up hanging out and uh, smoking weed and drinking a shitload of, um, like vodka. And, um, uh-huh. I was thinking back to the car van and that's where I originally um, <laughs> heard anti-schism, and uh, yeah, and that tape, and the tape I got from the squatters. Yeah, like from Mike uh, and Max. Yeah, I, it, st- I still have that tape. Yeah, it's it's crazy to think that you know I I was I remember being at this festival, uh, and I, the instant I saw this guy's anti-schism tattoo, I was instantly transported back to the car van. And uh, listening to the anti-schism tape, you know. <laughs> Just quick side note about Carvan. So the Carvan is a, it was a what color turquoise? A turquoise car, <laughs> a turquoise min, a turquoise minivan the size of a sedan. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. was like, it wasn't a full size like van. A mini, it's like a mini minivan. <laughs> yeah, but it had the sliding door like a I, like a van would have. That that car van, I I gave it the nickname the Interstellar Pig. Um, I got in a car chase, a couple car chases with that 
first one, me and it was me, me, Zach and John Crandall, Zach rest, rest in peace. Uh, but we, uh, we were stealing, <laughs> we were stealing American flags from people's yards on flag day. Oh God. On flag, on flag day, just to be assholes, you know, like we were bored. And we took him, and a neighbor saw us, so he fucking chased us in his in his regular minivan. <laughs> <laughs> and we got, we almost died a bunch of times, but we survived. There was no cops, luckily. Um, yeah, good, <laughs> good, good times. <laughs> but Angie's schism, I got that tape from. We're hanging out in front of the uh, the frontier, and we came across some squatters, Mike and Max. Mike, who looked like Sid Vicious, but we hung out with them for like a week, and they're cool as shit. They're like the only squatters that I ever fucking met that were really cool <laughs> uh, and like pleasant to be around. But um, he taught me a lot of shit, that guy, and he gave me the the anti schism tape. It's fucking cool. I'm glad I still have that tape. I don't listen to it anymore, but I don't. Know. It's pro- if I played it now, it'd probably get damaged. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I was listening to a, a tape that I had recorded. I I think I had borrowed your um, uh, Lower East Side Stitches CD and recorded it onto a tape. Um, a, one side is a LES Stitches and the other side is um, a Blank Seventy Seven. Um, I was listening it, listening to it the other day and, and uh, I mean it fucking played all the way through and I flipped it over and it played. I couldn't believe it. I was like, holy shit. I recorded that when I was in like seventh grade or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It's weird, yeah, you, you know, because like... you get used to the skips, like uh, because the CD would skip and it would record onto the tape. So like now when I hear the songs, yeah. like I'm used to the skipping uh, part, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, the, I have probably like six, six, seven or eight tapes left. That I I still have a little tape player. I don't listen to them now, but I I can't get rid of them. <laughs> no, something doesn't let me get rid of them. <laughs> they were they were literally got, like a lifeline that I had to another world yeah. that that was like seemed like it would be way cooler than where I was at. You know, like it was a trans transportation device. You know, <laughs> where we are now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it was like it's like I would compare it to. One because I'm very obsessed with photography right now, but I would con- I would compare it to like a really good photograph, something that is a moment in time that won't happen again. You know? Yeah, it's like it's like a specific thing that you've captured. It's like it's like your own history, you know. Yeah, because the only way that the tape got made was um, trial and error. You know, uh, making sure you press down, record, yeah. and play at the same time. And uh, hopefully uh, changing the tape and and if it it was and if it was already like a produced tape, you got to make sure you stick the toilet paper in the little holes. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) won't record. That's how we recorded our first record, uh, the very first one. We recorded it on that fucking tape player. Uh, fucking with on a tape player with like eight microphones <laughs> hanging <laughs> hanging from the ceiling and it, it sounded pretty good honestly yeah it sounded good except for 
once I forget what it was, but one side didn't like the left or the right side didn't play like yeah the one of the one of the vocals or something. It only you can only hear it on one side. Yep. I thought that it's one of my favorite. I wish I had that recording digitally so I can listen to it more frequently. But I guess that's what makes it so special. Yeah, I have multiple copies of that original and only one of them plays correctly, uh, you know, and the other ones are like, one of them doesn't work at all. The other ones are like skipped like instantly, you know, so it's like, luckily I have the, mem- have the memory of it. <laughs> the what? Luckily I just have the memory of it so I know what it's supposed to sound like, you know. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The, nothing can replace a memory, but I have, I think I have two, two of the original cover uh, records. Uh, one of them, I'm pretty sure they're both scratched. And then I have one of when I left the band, when you guys re-recorded that album. Oh with yeah. The that, dudes. The, with um, Pat and um, uh, Christian the on drum, drums. The, yeah. I was not a big fan of that one. Yeah, it didn't but, sound the same. Yeah. And it sounded like, even though it's not overproduced, it definitely sounded overproduced. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like, in a legit studio, at least. A, 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 <laughs> it was in a studio, at least. Yeah, you definitely could tell. It sounded more like, it sounded more like digital recording than. Yeah, for sure. Fucking eight, than eight microphones hanging <laughs> in the ceiling <laughs> in, in my garage. But whatever. Right now, the band... I, I sent you the link. But the band, we're doing... Uh, everything's digital now. Like, I'm recording my parts. Everyone's recording their parts. And we're just kind of putting it together. Which is... It's it's cool and it's easy and it's weird. But it's not the same. You know? Well, that's the thing, you know. Like, when you're all in the room together... It's it, there's some things that become a vibe that could never have ever existed unless you're all yeah. in the room, you know, like some things, you know, there's no way to mimic that in reality. You know, you got to be in the same room. No, you know? Well, that's how you get like you get feedback from the other musicians. You're like, oh, they maybe play play an A chord instead of a whatever chord, you know? Yeah. Or let's fucking let's and you get you get to experiment like if you want to change the ending of something you get to try it out a couple times and be like oh, I like the first one better you know yeah as opposed it's, it's I mean you could still do it now like we're doing it now where like we're sending different files back and forth it just takes you know fucking way longer <laughs> than a couple hours yeah you know it's taking fucking a couple months <laughs> yeah instead of just being like play the riff. And they're like, okay, uh, try again. You know, it's like, uh, it takes <laughs> yeah. like uh, two hours to do that instead of like 10 seconds. Yeah. And like now it's like, all right, I sent the file. Well, these files aren't fucking matching up yet. Or <laughs> there's too much crackling. Resend the file. I'm like, I got to re-record that shit. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't even remember. I, I didn't write it down. I don't know if I can play the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, I don't. I don't write down any of this shit. I just play it by memory. So it's like right. <laughs> the first one, the first one I sent you, I think of something totally different the second time I'm playing it. <laughs> so it's not going to be the same. Yeah. Yeah. You know? 
What did you so, think of uh, that fucking the intro that I recorded for the podcast? <laughs> oh, you played that? Yeah, I, I just took the uh, bass and uh, heavily distorted it. And then I um, <laughs> I just recorded my own. I, I recorded myself saying, enter the dimension, but I screamed it. And then oh, I just, then I just um, <laughs> fucking uh, 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 flattened out the vocal to make it last really long. I think I can't remember what it's called. Uh, Paul Stretch. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I made that myself. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's cooler now that I know you made it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should make it more punk rock, rock sounding. Though. But that's I, just me. Yeah, I, I was going to do that. But when I, I tried multiple different versions and all of them sounded a little bit too, like it was, they were too long or they were too like, didn't really make sense. <laughs> um, so that one you should make it. You should make it like a really fast fucking bass, like a one minute bass track, like <laughs> and then that's it. <laughs> yeah, that that could be that could be a possibility. Um, um, I, I I can record I can record you some bass tracks and send you your now that I know how to do that. <laughs> yeah yeah uh for sure i and mean then you can tell me and then and then you can tell me maybe you should do it this way and then it'll take like three months <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good but uh you might want to uh maybe, try something else maybe you might want to end <laughs> yeah you might want to end on this now <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway yeah i don't know how much of that had to do with running up and get up <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's no way that we could have came to this conversation if we hadn't have grown up in the ghetto. So, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 very true. Uh, the, I, that's one thing I often wonder about now because I have all these um, experiences and you know life experiences and blah blah blah. But uh, what do people who grew up in with a regular life like? What do they talk about? You know, like. Like, I don't know, it's weird, like, to think about, like, they just had, like, a regular life and nothing bad ever happened. Like, that's weird. I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of people who have this, they have this facade of them living a regular life. Like, I, I got, I got a lot of good friends who seem like they've been living a great life, they got all their shit together, but they've had, like, some crazy shit happen to them, you know? I don't know if it's like people who deal with it better than people like us, maybe, <laughs> or or if it's a different type of trauma, you know, like or if it's a, it's a different. I don't know if like growing up ghetto is a different different type of trauma than like someone who lives in a who didn't have to worry about money but lived in a house with like a very abusive father figure or you know what I mean yeah it's, it's just kind of weird like it's definitely I don't know I think I think growing up the way we did it definitely like set us up to to take on different like to take on different trauma traumas and like see the we definitely see the world a lot different than most people even people with other types of traumas you know where I feel like I feel like the way 
maybe not you. Well, I'm just going to speak about me. So the way I feel like I grew up is, or even the way I live my life now is like, I'm very like untrustworthy <laughs> of a lot of people, you know? And I'm always assessing the situation and I'm always like prepared for the worst, you know? Even though I've, I feel like I've been pretty successful even having gone through all those hardships, um, I feel like that prepared me to deal with the things I had to to get to where I am today. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, yeah, definitely ha- having to um, go through so much adversity in a in a young uh, mind definitely. Yeah, I mean, we 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 grew up fast, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's like the, no other like option. The, like the fucking, like the Dropkick Murphy, and we grew up fast, too young to know or really give a shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, just think, just thinking about some of the times, like, I, I, I just can't believe that I um, made it out of there. Like, I, it's like, I, I really can't believe yeah. that there, I didn't get arrested, I didn't accidentally get killed i didn't accidentally fucking i could have easily been the one who didn't do the right thing easily but somehow i made it you know some i know i've been in situations where people try to mug me and i could have been shot right there yeah you know but but i i had those survival skills to like fucking talk myself out of it (laughs) you know yeah fucking weird uh, yeah it's like it was never a question of like a physical altercation of like can i i know i can fuck this dude up but i don't know if he really has a gun he has his hand in his pocket he says he's gonna fucking shoot me do i risk it <laughs> right i you mean know? it could be bullshit or, or, or do i it could be bullshit or do i you know it's just like do I figure out how to get out of this or do I risk it and either fuck him up or just shut up? You know? <laughs> um, I, I'm not sure why, I'm not sure why this story came to mind, but um, when I was uh, stationed in Germany, I was uh, mm-hmm. drinking at this uh, bar or may, maybe it was a club. I don't know, but I, I was completely out of, out of my mind, blacked out. And, uh, I, my friends had left. I like got separated from them somehow, and I was just like partying in this fucking bar. Um, and I happened to run into this guy, and uh, I was wearing um, an exploited shirt. And uh, he came up to me. And he's like, "Holy shit, uh, the exploited! Uh, I saw them last time they came. He was like way older than me, probably like fifty or something, you know, <laughs> and, uh, we started talking yeah. and next thing you know, I ended up drinking with this guy all the way. He took me back to his house. We drank until like, uh, all the way till the morning. Um, he like had these parents that he lived with and they cooked breakfast for uh, me and all the people that stayed there. And, um, it was a pretty crazy experience, but, uh, yeah. it all stemmed from the, exploited and uh yeah i mean i was an american in germany fucking like it's just a crazy experience but 
also, I have been in so many other crazy experiences already up to that point to where I was just like, yeah, that, fuck it. Like, uh, what's going to happen? You know, I'm sure it'll be okay, you know? Yeah, like, that's just goes to show, like, you're, you're already prepared. Like, I'm sure, I mean, I can't speak for you, but I'm sure, like, somewhere in the back of your mind, you're just like, all right, if something bad happens, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, I knew I could, like, fucking like, just uh, jump out the window or fucking uh, anything. Like, whatever I had to yeah, do, you know? You're like you're like ready you're ready you hope for the best and you prepare for the worst yeah basically <laughs> it's a fucking story of my life <laughs> but i don't know it's crazy like I don't, I don't have any kids but i know you do so i'm sure your whole perspective of like the way you see things is way different you know um but I can imagine if I had if I have kids, like <laughs> I'm I'm gonna change. Like, yeah, I want you to fucking go through the same shit I went through. You know, like I'm not saying like I'm not saying it's it's bad that I went through those things, but it's like that's what I had to do to get to where I am today. Yeah. And if I have a kid, I don't think they have to go through that shit because pretty much lived it already you know, like don't do this <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah and also i'm not saying my, my parents did a bad job at raising me but they definitely you know there's certain things they did and didn't do to get me to where i am today like if if they had done certain things different yeah like maybe i didn't i wouldn't grow up like or maybe it was because like maybe I wouldn't have to act the way I do because, you know, they were put in situations where they had to raise me the way they did. You know. Yeah. Is that, I don't even know if that makes sense. <laughs> it's really odd because, like, my stepson now is twelve. He'll be thirteen in May, and he's getting to the point of rebellion against me now. You know, and it's really yeah. difficult for me. Which is normal. Right. Uh, and I understand that fully, you know, because that's what happened to me. I mean, I moved out when I was 16. I barely, I would have moved out earlier if I could have, you know. But, like, it's hard for me to, yeah, like, figure out what's the right thing to do. Because I know what the wrong thing to do is. And... It, like it's hard for, yeah. <laughs> like it's hard for me to like hold back my experience in life like i don't know how many times i've said like yeah i know you think that all these people are cool and you they're really cool people and you want to hang out with them and um but these people that you like or you're hanging out with or all this technology and all this shit it's not really the best and it's going to lead you down a negative path and i mean you can go down that path but it's way easier if you just listen to what i have to say because i already went down that path already yeah. i mean it took me like 15 years yeah. to like get back onto the right the right path you know like why don't you just listen yeah. to what i have to say you know but also like people just have to learn themselves that's really the only way you know, like, yeah. doesn't matter what the fuck I say. You can, yeah, you can be the, the, the greatest 
parent in the world, but people have to, you know, take, take what you say, but they also have to experience things, you know, they have to, uh, you have to sometimes learn lessons the hard way. Yeah. Which, you know, I would say your, your parents are like the perfect example of like a uh, great parents. Um, My parents were fucking awesome. They're awesome. Yeah, I mean, they they were like the best, at least in my experience, uh, not really having yeah. two parents. For me, they, they were like the example of what parents should be. But also, yeah, you, mean, you guys still fucked up and still went on the wrong path <laughs> here and there, you know. Yeah. But they were always still but there feel, doing I, the right thing. Yeah, I feel like that had to do a lot, that had to do with, I don't, I don't really want to say like product of our environment because kind of oversaid, but it, it kind of is like you, you see when you see violence and fighting and drug deals and you see negative shit all the time. It's, it's hard to not gravitate towards that when it's because especially when your mind is developing, like you're going with the flow of it, you know, it's, yeah. it's harder to go against that when, when your mind's developing and like, it's the majority of what you're around. Like starting back to elementary school, like seeing kids fighting and being in gangs and stealing. And, you know, if you're not a part of that, you're going to get fucked up, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, you're you're either the guy fucking people up or you're the one getting fucked yeah yeah so you have to you almost have to choose a side and at at that point you know if i had the mind i have now like i wouldn't choose the bad side but you don't know when you're in fucking fourth grade no you're like i don't i don't want to get fucking jumped so i'm gonna fucking join whatever right (laughs) even even with like having two we didn't we didn't have a a very bad household um there was there was a lot of us you know five siblings <laughs> um plus all your extended family you know who you know that was like the anchor yeah. the anchor family everybody was like relying yeah. on your your family Every, you know yeah everybody went there even me and me javier everybody in yeah. you know yeah. not, not even yeah not just immediate family like friends and everybody would just that was the spot everybody went there right even the jackson four would go there to rehearse <laughs> yeah i mean even all the punk rockers uh who were way older than us um yeah would go there too and be welcomed and just uh yeah because like, my parents <laughs> were like fuck come on come on in yeah just don't be disrespectful and you're good right so it's hard. But, um, it's hard to figure out the right thing to do now as a parent. You know, it's like yeah, it's you, like this constant have... teeter teeter tottering of uh, doing the wrong thing one day and trying to do the right thing the next day. You know, it's just like I don't know. And I don't know. I don't think anyone ever knows. There's. I don't think there's like a real equation. Like I said earlier, it's like it's life. You just you just go. You just go with it, you know? So it's really good sometimes, and then it's really shitty sometimes. Right. And it's just like, it's just how you deal with it. And I'm not saying I deal with it great all the time. I went through a, I went through a phase where I was like hardcore drinking, like blackout, fucking constantly. 
<laughs> you know, like just to not deal with the hardships of things. But now, and I want to thank the wife for helping me, but she, you know, like I deal with things a lot better. I still drink, but I'm not, I'm not getting fucking blackout drunk anymore. You know? Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm not drinking to like not deal with things. Like now I deal with shit. <laughs> Yeah, it, it definitely it <laughs> so, definitely took me a many 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 years to uh, figure out how to just actually talk about certain things rather than just drinking. I mean, th- that's the mm-hmm. problem that I that I have personally is for me the very first time that I got wasted, that was the very first time that I ever felt like just um, happy and carefree. Like the very was that the time we drank forties. Yeah, we, we drank forties in the <laughs> in the garage, and I was like spinning around, <laughs> drunk out of my mind. Fucking yeah, it's fucking room temperature forties. Yeah, <laughs> but that my aunt bought me bought us. By the way. Yeah, I mean that that was the first time that I ever felt like just um, normal and like. Uh, with a happy, Yourself. like a happy right. feeling, like uh, with no like worries. And that's one thing that I have struggled with my whole life ever since then is because it's so easy to drink because I just instantly feel like a warm blanket on me when I drink because yeah. like I don't, I don't need to have anyone around me to drink. Like I can be completely yeah. alone. And have just as much fun as having anyone there because it takes yeah. me instantly back to those old times of uh, having fun and just being a kid, uh, you know, with no yeah. with no fear at all, just uh, happiness and um, <laughs> I don't know. So yeah. it's it's been a hard no yeah. It, I mean, it's been a hard time in later in life um, trying to figure out that. You know, I, you can't drink every single day. I mean, obviously you can, but yeah. it's going to lead towards... You um, Right. I mean, it's going to lead to uh, bad things happening more often than no not. problems. <laughs> yeah. I remember uh, the Visex lyric, drinking beer will do you harm. It'll take 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> so, so drink up with notice you. Holy shit, I'm going to puke. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, I would say well, it's, been, it's been thirty years, and it's fucking, <laughs> I can't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I can get pretty wasted, but once I get really wasted, once I mean, it's like a week's worth of um, misery after after the fact, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's the that's the crazy thing about another crazy thing about growing up in the ghetto. Like you live day. You live, you live each day like it's your last day. Yeah. You don't, ex- so many times I never expected to live past fucking 30, you know? Not even to you, make it to live, 30. Yeah, you, you live to the day. And I know a lot of people that didn't make it to 30, unfortunately. But that's the thing. You, you, you're living day to day in the fucking ghetto. Like you're living, you're surviving each day. Um, and now <clears throat> I'm going to be 37 this year. I'm 36. I'll be 37 at the end of the year, but 
each year now, it's just like, what the fuck do I do? I didn't expect, <laughs> I wasn't expecting to go this long, you know? Right. Um, now it's like, all right, well, now you got to change a bunch of shit. <laughs> and yeah. especially now, especially when you're married and have kids, I can imagine. Um, I know if I have kids, like, I'm definitely, like, I'm still not as much as I was, but I'm still a crazy fucking dude. And if, if shit had to go down, like, I know I would be a fucking psycho if I had to be, you know what I mean? Like, well, he's, he's the, the psycho, the psycho dude's kind of just like hidden there, like it's reserved. But, and it's like, it's crazy that, that that person is still there. You know what I mean? Like waiting, like <laughs> kind of scoping shit out. Yeah. <laughs> he's like popping out with binoculars. And... Yeah. It's interesting, you know, because my kids now, I mean, they know that they know all of my stories and I, I think for them, like, it's hard for them to believe the shit that I say, you know, because I've told the kids, yeah. especially my stepson, I've told him, like, by the time I was 12, I had already um, smoked weed like 100 times. Um, I was already uh, heavily listening to Slayer and other um, heavily influential music. I was, uh, yeah. I mean, I was way down the road by your age and i was like luckily that i had survived that that period but i think for for him especially it's like when when i'm telling him these stories i just picture like um that 70s show or something where like the old man red is telling his uh step uh, his son like back in my day we you know <laughs> yeah so it's like yeah it's, it's weird you know you're, because you're the old man you're the old man now yeah it's like i never thought i was going to become the old man but i'm the old man and i don't know i just i think growing up in the ghetto a lot of the again not everybody i don't want to like generalize everybody but the way we did it like we i grew up quick you know i started work my first job was 14 years old <laughs> you know I remember walking in the snow after high school to Golden Pride to make fucking ribs and shit. Yeah. Uh, you know, instead of like hanging out with friends or like, you know what I mean? It's like you had to work. Fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah. I mean, my first job. And, I feel, and it's crazy. I'm, I'm literally still doing the same shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, my first job was a busboy at high noon and. Uh, I mean, to me, it was just like they luckily hired me. So I, I just felt like this intense, like, um, obligation to perform <laughs> or something like, like, uh, I just felt like I had to, um, be the absolute best, uh, employee, you know? So I would just go above and beyond, uh, stay late, come That's... early, uh, fucking, I would go, I would go landscape the fucking, uh, their house, the owners of that place. Yeah. I mean, so much shit from an extremely young age, way, you know, to where yeah. I was like heavily relied upon at that restaurant, even though I was a teenager, you know, I was relied upon yeah. way more than a, a lot of the other people there, you know. It's capitalism for you. <laughs> <laughs> 
first job fucking making hot dogs and burgers. Yeah, and I was only making four twenty five an hour. I mean, plus tips. Yeah, yeah I made five. I made five. I made five bucks an hour uh, under the table. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, because I wasn't allowed to work. Right. Because I was fourteen years old. <laughs> that was another thing that I. Like, I, I uh, that was another thing that I I find funny now is like, um, I don't know if I was a uh, fifteen or sixteen. I think I, when I first started at high noon, I was 15, but, um, mm-hmm. that's no one, they stole your car. Huh? Yeah. That's where they stole my first car. When I, <laughs> when I worked there, my fucking Toyota Tercel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they, I don't remember anyone like, like asking for my information. Like I just like applied yeah. and just got hired. Like there wasn't like a much scrutiny, you know? And like the same thing when I moved out too, like when I lived with you, obviously, but then I lived with Anthony, but then I lived with another, after I moved out after that next place, I was still under 18 and I just went, got an application, uh, and then they just rented the place to me. Uh, they never asked me <laughs> shit. Like I just gave them the money and that was it. Like no one ever questioned yeah. my um how old i was or anything is just like oh okay well he's got money so he's good to go <laughs> there you go yeah i wish it was still like that yeah i mean i never had to like now, do a credit check or give my social security yeah, card now, or anything yeah now people want fucking you to have a perfect credit score and like five months worth of rent in your <laughs> annual salary yeah. it's like, like go fuck yourself <laughs> yeah this apartment sucks like fuck you yeah, like who do you have living here? Like, I know the neighborhood. <laughs> right. Why are you charging that much? That's one thing that annoys me now too. It's like I've wired a sh- so many of these apartments, and it's like these apartments are fucking built at a razor thin budget. I mean, yeah, they look nice, yeah. but all the shit is fake. Everything is the cheapest you yeah. can ever imagine, and we, we pounded out a four story. Um, apartment complex with 80 units in six months I, you know it's like they're making so much fucking profit off of this uh, building and they're charging yeah. $2,000 for a studio when you know this studio should really be like 500 bucks at the max you know it's like <laughs> yeah, bullshit basically that's the problem people pay it <laughs> People are willing to pay it. That's the fucked up part. Do you uh, have to work tomorrow? No, I'm off. It was, that was actually the only... It was since moving to Chicago, like like I, t- I was texting with you earlier, um, everything's like... When I got here, everything was shut down. Like, <laughs> yeah. completely shut down. It was fucking crazy. Um, and I haven't I haven't done anything. So the only thing that like got me through the, the summer and fall is a lot of painting because I wasn't working. There was like no jobs. I couldn't get a job at all. Um, I went around every day on my bicycle and just fucking started taking photos of people and random shit I saw. And <laughs> um, and I fucking got addicted to it. <laughs> it's really fun. It's really cool. Well, we used to do that all the time. We, we would get 
take the bus yeah. and go take crazy yeah. pictures with the Polaroids um, downtown. I know, with the, dis- the, the disposable. Yeah, the yeah. disposable one, yeah. Yeah, the disposable, like, 35 millimeter. Yeah. Yeah, those are, I don't have I don't have a lot of those photos. I think David has them all. Yeah, I mean, we took yeah. hundreds of photos just uh, everywhere around Albuquerque. Yeah, um, Antonio's sister sent me some of like the show the shows we played um, in her in her garage and a couple of bisex fo- uh, photos. So that was pretty pretty cool. Uh, some. So yeah, I got a couple of those. Uh, Felix sent me <laughs> Felix sent me some like a few months ago of when uh, Jake was living with Antonio. Oh yeah, it was just him and Felix, like Felix and Jake, like just parting it up <laughs> at that house. It's pretty <laughs> cool. It's it's cool to see that shit. Yeah, you should uh, send me that stuff. Uh, I'll have to give yeah. you my email address. Um, yeah, but. It's cool. It's it, that's that's the only thing that's kept me sane uh, during this pandemic is being able to go out and take photographs of shit. Um, I met I met a couple people like through that. Like I went to the skate park and took a couple photos of some people. Um, so that, I mean it's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, that made me want to like take my photography more seriously so yeah it's it's definitely uh another form of art that um you know if you get the right photo it's it can say so many things uh yeah <laughs> without saying anything at all yeah it's like i don't know i feel like uh any piece of art like it's anyone's interpretation you know i wish i had a, a lot of that time that was like one of the I don't, I hate to say that I don't like living in the past, but I kind of do sometimes. <laughs> and that time in my life was, even though it was fucking crazy, it was like really fun. <laughs> Just experiencing all that crazy shit. Yeah, it, it was so um, like uh, black and white. Just like uh, go to work, do what you're supposed to do, and then just have fun. Uh, all the other time (laughs) yeah yeah it's fucking work hard play hard (laughs) right i was thinking uh the other day um about my uh i'm not sure what caused the memory to happen but i was thinking of my 16th birthday me and anthony were drinking um at old mexico at the 12 sub rebels house and uh, <laughs> oh yeah, 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 I remember that. For some reason, we were just like drinking whiskey, and uh, we had to drive all the way back to Western Skies, and we're just fucking blasting through red lights, like for the hell of it, just like uh, just waiting for a red light, and then just <laughs> um, gunning it through the red light, just like for the hell of it, <laughs> just like. Because it was like 3 a.m., like no one was around, but it was um, yeah. funny, you know, because we were just like totally drunk out of our minds, like, <laughs> and like Anthony couldn't drive, you know, he like didn't have a driver's license or anything, so I'm driving all fucked who... up. Yeah, that's fucking 
crazy shit, man. <laughs> it's so crazy. Like, if I ever have a kid, I wouldn't want them to be like, don't do that shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was the it's best. So bad. <laughs> the best times, you know, the best times ever. But also, it could have, you know, I could have easily died in a vehicular accident, you know? It's like. Yeah, or killed or like ran someone over. Right. Uh, you know, but there, there's no better time to drink and uh, party than when you're 15 and 16. You know, it's like, that's the best time ever. But how much of that had to do with, like, we were, you know, were we trying to mask something or were we trying to deal with something? You know, who knows? Like, I don't know that. I definitely I was for sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure, I, I'm sure I was too. But like, I don't know if I was thinking that that way though. I mean, I was just like, I want to party and have fun. Yeah. Well, I'm saying like, subconsciously at that age, were you, were you drinking just to like get away from something? I know, like as I got older, that's why I drink. You know. Yeah. Like, like now, at this point in my life, I don't drink to like because I'm stressed or because. I'm trying to forget something, you know? Yeah. I know, I know back then I definitely did. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, like now thinking about it now, but back then I didn't, that's not why I drank. I mean, that's not why I thought I drink. <laughs> right. To, to try to, you know, we're seeing this, this, you know, when I, I told you, I saw that therapist, she's like, you're, she diagnosed with PTSD. I'm like, no, that's what fucking, that's what soldiers get, not me. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, like you can have it. Like seeing people get shot, seeing people get robbed, get myself getting robbed, fucking dealing with fucking gang violence and watching prostitutes and watching drug deals and watching, you know, fucking neighbor's house getting raided you know like that that's you don't you're not supposed to see that shit <laughs> but you do and you, do you like is that why I got fucked up all the time maybe probably who knows I, I just know that at the time I didn't want to be at home I just wanted to go somewhere else and do anything else I could do other than be at my house yeah <laughs> yeah like yeah like as 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 okay as my household was growing up like I always had food and loving parents and shit but like I always wanted to be out I wanted to be bad I wanted to like <laughs> I wanted to fucking do crazy shit all the time yeah you know? so it's like why though like I don't know why wondered that like it goes back to like, was it because that's what was going on around where I grew up? Like, is it because I saw it all the time? I was like, that's why I wanted to be a part of it. Or I wanted to like, I wanted to like blend in with it so that I wouldn't have to deal with the repercussions of not being a part of it. Like, I don't know. That's, that's the crazy part that I don't understand to this day. I was thinking about that the other day when I, um, uh, not too long ago, I watched uh, Suburbia, 
And <laughs> when I was watching, I still have it on VHS. <laughs> yeah, when I was watching it, I mean, I I couldn't help but remember, like, I just wanted to be a part of in something. Like, I wanted to be a part of something that was yeah doing something. Like, I wanted to be something like i just i didn't want to be uh a bystander like i wanted to be uh yeah actively participating in like subverting the the world or something like i just wanted to be like what whatever the mainstream was i wanted to go if everyone was going left i wanted to go right you know if everyone was going this way i wanted to go that way you know it's like and that Maybe movie really reminded me of yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel the same way. I wanted to I wanted to make my own mark and make do whatever the fuck I wanted. I didn't want someone to tell me to do it, even though I knew something was wrong. Like, let me figure it out on my own. Let me let me make the mistake. Yeah. But if you're telling if you're telling me because I don't know, that's that's the difficult part about like what I imagine being a parent is you're telling your kid, Hey, I've been through this. Like, don't do it. But they're, you know, it's like, what if he's just like, fuck you. I want to learn on my own, you know? Right. And I understand, I understand that completely. Right. And it, that's, I don't know. Man. That's, that's a tough one. <laughs> but yeah, I, I always wanted to figure things out on my own. I was kind of like, I always had to be rebellious. Even to this day, I'm still fucking rebellious. Like, you fucking tell me to do something. Um, just because you said it, I'm going to fucking do the opposite. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's, it's fucking crazy. Like, it's I can't, I can't explain why. I don't know why I do that, but I just know I do. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I, I literally can't help help it. I just can't help, you know. <laughs> if I, it, like, you know, if I'm going to a store and I see a sign on a, on the store... To me, I'm just like, fuck, fuck that, you know. All, all. I'm gonna. I just want to question it. Yeah, it's like okay, yeah, that seems, you know, fuck, you know, fuck that, and I just can't help it. Like I have no control over it. Like my instant, my instant thought is, um, fuck that. Like I, I know what to do for myself. Like I don't need some sign to tell me what to do. Like I'll figure it out, you know. <laughs> yeah. but, but but I think I think a lot of people don't. A lot, I think a lot of people need those kinds of signs. <laughs> you know? That's true. Yeah, that's true. A lot of a, a, a lot of people need that type of structure. Like I need I need structure in my life, but I need I need to set set up my own structure. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, but. I, I feel like everybody needs structure in their life, but if I feel like some people need, a lot of people need to be told what to do. It's it's weird. Like, okay, just I'm just taking like random little examples of work where I'm currently working. It's like they do things certain ways, but like I've said, I've been cooking for 21 years. Like I know the ins and outs of the restaurant business. Yeah, I can do that shit with my eyes. Clo- I can do it with my eyes closed. The place where I'm at, they have all these rules for certain little things. I'm just like, 
that makes absolutely no sense. Like, so I question that, like, why do you do it this way? <laughs> yeah. And they don't have answers. And, and then that makes me like not respect. <laughs> I don't know. It makes me not respect them. And it makes me question everything else. And it's just like some, an instinct inside of me to question everything, like everything you do, why are you doing it? There should be a reason why you're doing it or don't, don't fucking do it. Right. Or don't try to, don't try to pound these rules into me on one part when it doesn't make sense to another part. Like you don't, you care about this, but you don't care about this. That doesn't make any sense. Right. You know? And I, and I, I base that off not just only at work, but just in life in general. Yeah. So it's fucking, and I think that's just the way I am from, from where I, from growing up. Like that's kind of how you have to be. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was talking about this, I think, with my brother um, the other day, recently, um, just trying to figure out how how it came to be that um, I just constantly have to go the opposite way. Like, w- what has caused yeah. me to, like, you know, because there's so many people who have no problem going with the flow of traffic like i just yeah. it, it really bothers me to do that like i i have to yeah. like if i get a coffee mug i have to put a sticker on it of something that i like i have to um paint it or spray paint it like i, I can't just have anything that is normal everything yeah. has to be um my own shit like no, nothing can be just a a plain Jane thing. Everything has to be uh, fucked up or... Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you you have to... No, I'm the same way. Like, I can't just... I mean, that's why I wear band shirts still. Like, I just can't wear a regular shirt. Yeah. (laughs) Like, maybe for work I will, but... Yeah, like, I always have to... Stand outside of the crowd, you know. I feel like I'm quoting all these fucking punk songs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like, yeah, it's that's just how it is. Like, I have to be that way. And I or wonder, I, I wonder too, if if it is my own thought or if I was just fully, um, like propagandized into that way of thinking from an early age you know i mean if you start listening to the exploited when you're 12 i mean my my first my first like intro when when they're screaming fuck fuck the system yeah right i mean my first like um (laughs) uh intro to politics is from punk rock like i didn't know about politics until i listened to dead Dead, kennedys and black flag I I had no clue about that Uh, or the Verrukers or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like all these views came from there. Like, are these my own views or they just got transplanted onto myself because I liked it at that time when I was a kid. And now I just am that way because of that, almost like like a cult, you know, it's like, (laughs) yeah. Well, punk rock is not a bad cult to be in. <laughs> right. You know, like, I don't discount maybe, it. Maybe it's just like... They, maybe that's what they want you to think. <laughs> no, <I'm just> 
Well, um, I'm reading this uh, book right now about uh, the the music industry and how all c- kinds of crazy influences with like popular music and stuff. And you know, d- did the CIA get involved with um, the underground scene too? You know, I mean, who knows? It's like. Are all these thoughts my own thoughts or are they all subversive thoughts that they just implanted into my mind to make me rebel? You know, it's like, who fucking knows? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) That's like, that could be a a whole other fucking topic. Like, are we, are we even human? Are we even real? <laughs> that's, that's another thing too. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I know I'm, I know I'm real enough. Yeah. I mean, I'm, if this is the matrix, I'm, I'm plugged into it and what, you know, at least I know I'm in the matrix. That's the only thing. Like it's better than not knowing, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I guess that's uh, I, I probably guess that's it. I guess <laughs> we've been at it for like almost four hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say that's probably uh, good enough. <laughs> that's a lot of fucking editing. That's a lot of editing you're gonna have to do. <laughs> yeah, it'll work out. It'll work out in the end. I, I haven't talked. I, I haven't had a long conversation with you in fucking like 12 years, 10 years. At least, yeah. Long ass time. Yeah, it's... Um... We'll do it again sometime. <laughs> There's, It's crazy. There's just so, so much to talk about. There's so many things that have happened in the last fucking, like fucking last 17 years, 18 years <laughs> since Albuquerque, you know? Yeah. Fucking insane. Yeah, I mean, I haven't even scratched the surface of uh, all the things that have happened, you know, as uh, definitely. Or, or all the stories that we've gone through and all the all the parties and yeah, there's there's just so much. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can make just a fucking Albuquerque podcast. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's why I'm trying to uh, dedicate every Saturday to to making it a um, somehow related to people who are nuts. You know, like I don't know how many people I know who are have all these stories that I mean, I know all the stories, but um, it, it's it would be good if uh, other people heard these stories, you know, because uh, yeah, uh, other perspectives of it, you know. Yeah, because like I can tell my wife and I can tell other people, but um, it's good for people who don't know anything or have a completely different perspective uh, to hear these types of stories. And um, I don't know, just uh, have a different perspective in life. You know, the more perspectives you have, the more, you know, <laughs> basically. The more, well, the, the more the picture gets like complete. Right. Um, that was very philosophical of me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when when I fill out the uh, show notes, uh, what should I put on there? Like, should I put your um, art not fart? Uh, and what else do you want me to put on there? Like your uh, Instagram thing or 
Yeah, just text. I can text all that stuff to you. Okay, yeah, just text me all that, and I'll, I'll put all that info in the uh, show notes so that whenever they listen to it, they can okay. just uh, click on it, and then they'll just go right to, to that page. So. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and if you wanna if you wanna chat again, I'm down. I'm sure there's more shit we could talk about. <laughs> yeah, and we don't have to make it a podcast. I mean, you could just uh, you could just talk regular style is easy yeah, yeah. is also good. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's it's cool. It's cool to be able to uh, reminisce and uh, talk to the stories without having someone get shocked. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, you should uh, see if uh, Sergio wants to uh, do some talk talking. <laughs> Oh, I would, I would love to fucking just li- just listen just listening to him talk is great. I haven't talked to him since I went to visit, so back in 2016 was the last time I talked to him. He has a kid now. Yeah, I mean, if he has a a phone number, he should just text him and give him my phone number and just uh, ask him if he would be willing to um, talk about shit because I know that. Uh, I mean, we're, I think we're the same age. So we went to, um, yeah, you are. We went to John Adams and Lava Land and he, uh, West Mesa all at the same time. And, yeah. Uh, he went. <laughs> yeah. Get his perspective. Yeah. Cause he, he went down so a I'll, heavy path way harder than we did. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm almost certain that he's still in the gang. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it'd be great to get, um, you know, I just want I want there to be a voice of, of all these people that have no voice. Uh, there's yeah. there's millions and millions of people living in this country who have uh, absolutely no voice, and then they just get shot, and then they just get erased from the earth, and no one ever fucking cares. And that's fucked up. Yeah, that shouldn't be that way, you know. Yeah, for real. <laughs> well, you you ever want to talk to? Uh... Who else? Who else can we talk to? I'll think of some people. Yeah, I mean, it would be good to talk to. Um, well, I mean, I would just like to talk to David also. Just uh, you know, I haven't talked to him in a while either. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> even even the, yeah, <laughs> I same same here, dude. I haven't talked to him in a long time. Either. I mean, uh, last I time I talked to him uh, when I was in Albuquerque, we hung out for a day, and uh, I mean, it was fine. Uh, but yeah. I haven't. I think heard I had that picture of you guys. You hung out with Eric Kiordi. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He he'll have a totally different perspective from growing up than I did because obviously the age difference and right and and also he and he's just he's different than me. <laughs> right and and even at the time like when we were in high school like especially once you left too, I mean I I started going down another path of like heavy drinking where he went down a totally different path than me yeah uh, where we just got separated you know so it would be interesting to hear his um perspective uh, as compared to my perspective of just like drinking and fucking (laughs) joining the army and fucking just doing crazy shit like it would be interesting to have a different perspective um you know yeah from the same from the same household <laughs> right right <laughs> and i'm sure uh 
you know, the rest probably have a way different perspective than you or David. Yeah. You know, I can only imagine what their yeah. perspectives are watching us grow up, you know, yeah. being way older than us. You know, like I can only imagine what the fuck they were thinking, you know. Fucking weird. <laughs> anyway, all right. All right, yeah, just uh, text me uh, all that information, and uh, I'm just going to send you my uh, email and whatnot in this uh, um, little chat thing right here. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, just go from there, I guess. All right, sounds good. (laughs) All right, dude, nice nice talking with you. Yeah, you too. Take it easy out there. All right. All right, see ya. Later. Yeah.